We'll let you hear that next, coming up here on the Saturday Show. Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, we've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Saturday show here on The Zone. We missed Sports badly Network. not getting into this music earlier. Yes, we did. We didn't realize who was in town. <laughs> um, Again, who's even producing this show? Yeah, who is? It's okay. All right, Jake, let's get into uh, you and your conversation with Carbon Kafusi. Yeah, a former BYU defensive lineman, a guy who spoke to the media a lot when he was in Provo. Now playing a new position at the pro level, Adrian. Uh, he started out as a defensive lineman with the New York, uh, not the New, the New Orleans Saints, and then got cut, got picked up by the uh, by the New York Jets, and well, he's now an offensive lineman, offensive tackle in All particular. Right. Our guy Hans played both sides of the ball at the pro level. Anybody who watched Corbin uh, play uh, at BYU. You wouldn't recognize him now. And he'll explain, and we're going to get to this conversation. Uh, This is part of a bigger conversation, Adrian. I talked for probably about 40 minutes with him, all told. I've cut this down uh, to fit into our broadcast window, part of it. Uh, But if you want to hear all of it, I'm actually going to put up the full conversation on the Locked On Cougars feed. It's already been put up in pieces on the Locked On Cougars feed, but I'm going to put the whole thing just all together in one podcast. You'll be able to hear it. But let's get to part of it here. Here's Corbin Kafusi with myself, Jay Catch. Earlier this week, part of the Locked On Cougars podcast right here on The Zone. Corbin, how are you, sir? I'm great. Doing doing great. Okay. Why did you switch to offensive line? Everybody remembers you playing defensive line for BYU, even some of that Mike linebacker, that spy linebacker role. Mm. But now you're an offensive lineman. What went into that decision? I think all of it, it's opportunity. So, you know, I, I did camp down with the Saints as a defensive end, and it was great. But there wasn't a lot of opportunity for as a defensive end there. And so when I got released, you know, I'm sitting here back in Utah, I'm training as a defensive end and my, my agent, he's like, Hey, like a lot of teams could see you playing offensive line. Okay. And at first I didn't want to, you know, I was like, but I'm a defensive lineman. Like good to know, but I play defensive line. And then the next week he calls me, he's like, to be honest, like, Defensive line right now, they're not picking up a lot of defensive line in the league. There's not a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. He's like, but if you switch to offensive line, he was like, I could probably get three or four workouts within a day Okay, if you switch because there's just that much need mm-hmm. and demand for offensive linemen. And so that's kind of what was like, oh, you know what? It comes down to opportunity. And I just love playing the game. You know, I love the competitive spirit no matter the position. And so that's kind of why I switched over. Well, absolutely. I, I think – Opportunity. I think it's a great word you just use. Is the opportunity to to last in this league at a position that maybe it's more of a premium position. It seems like in this day and age. Oh yeah, definitely. It's crazy because, like, literally as soon as I told him, I had probably practiced for like two weeks as an offensive lineman. Okay, and then uh, he was like, "When do you think you're ready for a workout?" And you know, I'm just trying to be like optimistic. I'm like, "I'm ready, man. Whenever." And, he, and he's like okay, you're leaving tomorrow for New York. And I was like, oh, because I thought it'd take him a couple weeks to get me one. He's like, oh, nope, they want to work you out. So, <laughs> Wow, so, so you, were, you, you switched offensive line 
And were you working with somebody to kind of train at it, or were you just doing it by yourself? Uh, luckily, my so DeAndre Wesley okay. who played yeah. at BYU. He was here. He had just had an injury and was rehabbing it. Okay. And so I hit him up, and we did some offensive line work for a week. And then my agent flew in a former NFL offensive line coach. Okay. For the next week, and I worked with him. Okay. And he was awesome. So two weeks, and then you're on a plane to New York, meet up with the Jets, I presume. Yeah. Yeah, to meet with the Jets. Okay. So how did that workout go? Because Obviously, you signed on the practice squad. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really good, except for I had no idea the whole process. So I talked to my buddy here. Right. We were here at the, we were at the Saints together, Porter Gustin. Okay, I, yeah. And we had both been released, and we were just working out. And he had had a couple workouts, and I was like, "Hey, man, like, what do I need to take?" And he's like, "Dude, you're literally there for like 30 minutes for a workout, so just take some cleats, and then you'll be on a plane home." So literally, I took a backpack with a pair of cleats and the clothes on my back Uh and I show up there and Bronson had just found out like the day I got there, like he had no idea. Oh, he didn't know you were coming in. Yeah. Okay. So like I hit him up and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm flying in. And he's like, Oh, what? But I know I go there, I go through the physical, I do the workout and yeah, the workout's only 20, 25 minutes, you know, it was short. Okay. Oh yeah. And they're like, you're just boom, boom, boom. And then after that, like it's kind of a waiting game which is crazy. You're just sitting there with other guys you did your workout with and uh-huh. you know what someone from upstairs will come and grab one guy and then they'll leave and then come grab another guy. They'll leave. And I was just, Bronson and I were playing ping pong okay. <laughs> when All they were right. like, Hey, uh, we want to sign you. And I was like, Oh, okay. What does that mean? I was like, Oh, so I'm not going home. They're like, no, you start tomorrow. <laughs> okay. So you said you took a pair of cleats and a backpack yeah. and just the clothes on your back. So were you borrowing clothes from Bronson? What'd you do? Oh, absolutely. Like, of course, like they, they give you like clothes there the, for yeah, workouts. The team, the team gear. Yeah. Yeah. And that was nice, but I was, <laughs> it was a blessing to have, it was meant to be because I had nothing. Okay. I had absolutely nothing. And so Bronson came in later that night to the hotel they'd put me up in. And yeah. He's like, here's a little bag of clothes. Like <laughs> this should get you through. That's and crazy. So it was sweet. Okay. So did you, so you, I remember, yeah, you, you said you worked out with the saints, obviously as an undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. So was the jets the first workout you had after making the switch to O-line and then you got signed right away? Yeah. Yeah. Like first workout I had. That's pretty crazy. Because I've, I've heard other guys talk about, similar to Porter Gustin, you go to multiple workouts, and yeah, it's 30 minutes, I guess, to show what you can do. And so many guys go through so many of these different workouts, but ultimately never get that opportunity. Absolutely. And the, the thing that's crazy to me is that these guys at the workouts, they're not like everyone is good enough to play. Correct. Like you're, you might, some of the guys at my workout had been in the league two or three years. Okay. And they were active players and that whatnot. And so, it's, it's just a crazy, that's the biggest eye-opening thing is that everyone in the league is able, depending on the opportunity they get, like Porter, for example, picked up by the Browns and ended up starting some of the end of the right. year. Yeah. You know, like anyone is good enough to play just depending on the opportunity they get. Yeah. They're, they're all NFL guys. Yeah. Everyone's at that top tier. Okay. So how many guys were you competing with at offensive line slash offensive tackle in that group? So it was... At the workout, there was only three of us. Okay. And it was interesting because like the first 10 minutes, this was the another strange thing to me, was all balance work. Okay. And almost like mobility. Okay. So yeah. it was like stand on, how long can you stand on one leg? And the coach is checking to see like your, your balance and whatnot. And I was like, 
Thank goodness I'm kind of flexible for my size because that helped a ton, but I, w- yeah. I wouldn't expect that. But now I can see why as an offensive lineman, it's so important to have that. Yeah. But yeah, the first 10 minutes of 25 was just straight balance stuff. That's fascinating to me because I'm a guy who played through high school. I never played beyond that. But when you look at guys in the NFL, especially offensive tackles, you're going up against some of the best athletes in the entire sport. Speaking of defensive ends. Oh yeah. You played defensive end in college and were effective, effective player at that position. How much does that background that you have as a defensive lineman help you now as you're trying to pass block and run block against those guys? It helps a lot because you're able to, you can kind of tell what, like as a defensive lineman, you know exactly where you want to get a guy, okay. you know, in order to beat him. Yeah. And now that I play offensive line, it's like, I know where not to go. It's like, <laughs> okay. I don't want to do this because as a defensive lineman, you love it when they do this. So okay. I'm going to avoid doing that. And uh-huh. you can kind of just see, it's, it's easy for me to see what guys are trying to do. Okay. So that's helped a lot. Now, as you, now you've worked, what, so how long were you with the Jets then officially last season? How many um, weeks? I think I was with them for 11 weeks. Okay, so you have 11 weeks of working on this, essentially the scout team, because practice squad guys are guys who are on the scout team Mm -hmm. showing looks against the first and second team offense, defense Mm -hmm. for the Jets. You have 11 weeks of working with these guys. How much of it was they were trying to help you develop as an offensive lineman for down the road with the Jets versus how much week in and week out you're learning an opposing team scheme to give these guys a look? It's... It's a weird balance okay. that, you know, because of course, like as a practice squad guy, your your main thing is you're trying to give a look. Correct. But at the same, like you said, at the same time, I'm trying to learn technique. And so I was just constantly trying to juggle the two. And then you're also trying to learn your own, like the own scheme of the, our Correct. offense. Yeah. And so it was a big juggling match because some weeks I was like, oh, I want to focus on technique. But it's like, if you don't know what to do, then you technique part. doesn't even matter really. And so it was a constant battle to figure out all those things at the same time. Okay, talking with Corbin Kafusi, now offensive lineman for the New York <laughs> Jets, which is still weird to say. I'm not going to lie, Corbin. I've known you for years. Oh, yeah. It's, and it's I, different for me. See, and I, okay, so I remember you back when you were a freshman before your mission at BYU. You were suited up as an offensive lineman for a time. Has any of that come with you all these years later as you now are back playing offensive line a little bit okay little, in fact the crazy thing is one of the uh like the assistant offensive line coach he was with coach weber who was my okay yeah offensive line coach yes. when i was at byu weber's now at we- washington state if i'm not mistaken is he i'm, I'm not sure i knew he was at hawaii for yeah a so he bit. went with rollo to and then washington he went to washington state, state. Yep. okay yeah so it was funny to make that connection yeah. with that coach when I got out there. He's like, "You're one of you're with Webb," and I was like, "Yeah, man, that was some time. That was a long time ago." <laughs> so, uh, when when you talk with these coaches, what has kind of been some of the feedback they have given you as an offensive lineman? Now, I think one of the things they definitely like is like the athleticism, yeah. the size, and just basically. The intangibles, you know, okay. yeah. the size, the length. Well, I was going to say, your, your length obviously is going to be a plus. Yeah. 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 It's like, the, it's one of those things where it's like, I have a lot of raw potential. Now it's just molding it. Okay. And so the biggest thing is just reps. And so that's why it was great to be on the practice squad because I'm going up against the guys that play, you Correct. know, the ones every day and it's good to just, and they, they kind of tee off on you, you know, oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're jumping snaps, <laughs> you know, they're doing things they wouldn't do in the game, yeah. you know, cause it's practice. Yeah. And so it was really good for me to get those reps and even now just 
I can see the why it's so important to just reps, reps after reps. Because I, you know, this is my first year doing it. Correct. And I haven't had these years. You know, when I played D line, I had years of mm-hmm. you know past experience where this is like okay, I need to make a bank of repetitions mm-hmm. so I can get up to that level. Yeah. So, did you ever go up against uh, Bronson? I one play. We one play. Up, yeah, only one. one play. Who won? I won. Good. <laughs> and, I, and the weird thing, I was playing right guard. I'm gonna have Bronson on this podcast. I'm gonna ask him the yeah. same question. And he'll he'll say it too. He he admits it. Okay. I played right guard. Uh-huh. And he tried a rip move and I just rode him out. I pushed him out. And yeah. so it's the one time we went up against each other, but I happened to get him on that one. <laughs> so little bro one, older bro zero currently. Yeah. As a return missionary, a guy who comes back from a mission, how difficult is it really to get back into playing shape? Oh, this question is it's hard for me to answer because uh-huh. I feel like I wasn't, I'm not, my mission was so different. Yeah. Cause you went to Korea. Cause I went to Korea. Yeah. South Korea. I guess yeah. I South say. Korea. And I, I grew three inches and like, I kind of like manned up on my mission. Okay. You know, I, I'm a super late bloomer. And so I still had a lot of baby fat in college. Like when I first came my freshman year and didn't know what to do with my body, but my mission, like I didn't even work out like crazy hard on my mission. I did the normal 30 minutes a day. Okay. Yeah. But when I came back, I was kind of like a man. And okay. so my body was way different. So I came back and I was able to run way faster than before, jump way higher. Okay. Like it was a total, it was like a, an extreme makeover. Hold on. So you're the guy that the opposing coaches talk about going on a mission and coming back Superman. No. Yeah. That's kind of what it was <laughs> like. And even I still remember like Bronson because we tested everything. Yeah. And like Bronson was like, and my dad were losing their minds because yeah. I came in and I remember like the first week I did a vert and it was like, you just jumped 36 inches after mission and you just like ran like this. I like the beep test. The yeah. only guy that had beaten me in the beep test was Mitch Matthews. And I was like, I was like, and how long off a mission were you? I was uh, like maybe three weeks off. So dude, it was just like, yeah, I had like grown up. Yeah. And it was great because for me, I was like, oh, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) You was promised that this is going to happen for you. It finally came to fruition. Oh, I always tell people like, I got my testimony prayer because when I was a little kid, I used to pray all the time. Like, Heavenly Father, I'm not tall. I'm not strong and I'm not fast and I'm not good looking. My brother is all of those things. If I could just have one of those. We're talking about Bronson. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was like, if I could just have one, that'd be great. And it took a long time. And then I, you know, I kind of got a few of those, but it took okay. some time. <laughs> so Corbin Kafusi from now on, if we're not, cause we hear in the media all the time. We talk to opposing coaches. Mm-hmm. These guys go on missions. They come back men. You are the poster child for what they're talking about. It sounds <laughs> yeah. like. Okay. All right. Well, Hey, we will point them in your direction. <laughs> exactly. All right. So Corbin, let's talk about the current state of the BYU football program. You have a younger mm-hmm. brother, obviously Devin's still playing in the program down there. What was your takeaway from this past season? I know you're watching it from afar, obviously playing with the New York jets, but what was your perception of the season? You know, I think, I think they did a lot of good things this year, but I also think there's a lot to grow on. And I think mainly that it's going to come down to the leadership, like the player leadership coming into this next year. Okay. Especially with guys, you know, that had the option to leave like Kyrus or Matt Bushman coming back. It's all going to come down to leadership. And it's weird because I feel like now there's a shift in football in general, but just the types of 
upbringings kids have. Okay. You know, when I was in high school, there wasn't social media. We didn't have smartphones and you stuff. You and me both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then now everything is social media and kids get so much hype from this and that. And I think some kids come into college or come into the next level thinking that they're the guy yeah. when it's completely different, you know? And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to a lot of leadership and pushing, getting everyone together on the same page and pushing them in the right direction. This may be just my perception, but I'm looking at this program. The past two seasons are actually skewed relatively young. We're talking about guys like Zach Wilson, the offensive lineman there in the program. Oh, yeah. Some of the defensive linemen. Just the program in general has been young. And I feel like in this 2020 season coming up, mm-hmm. they're finally going to start becoming the old dogs. You have juniors and seniors on the roster in large majority versus freshmen and sophomores. Do you yeah. see that too? Yeah. And that's what I think is going to be a huge difference because when my senior year, we had a lot of seniors. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of guys that kind of, you know, knew how things worked and kind of directed people to get there. And, and not that they didn't have that last year, but even now this coming year, they're going to have way more of a presence with that. How much does experience play into being a successful college football player? I think it plays a huge amount. More than experience like in the game, it's just experience in the program. Okay. Because you can... Even the guys that, you know, seniors that haven't, you know, played or had a huge impact on the team, mm-hmm. they have their impact in the locker room, in the weight room, okay. in workouts. They, they are the ones that I think you need the most to help steer guys the right way. So the, you're talking about more like guys like they kind of set the tone, I guess is the easiest way to say it. Oh yeah, for just sure. Just guys who were there, they've been through it and they're, they're leading the way for these young bucks who have just joined the program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, I know that you spent a year, obviously, in the NFL at this point, but now as you look at guys on the roster, particularly either offensive or defensive line, they're guys that you look at, your brother maybe, perhaps, that you say, okay, this guy could be a breakout star for this team. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think there's a lot of guys. And another thing that factors into it for me is yeah. that I've, I've like seen these guys, you know, even though it's been a year, like a lot of the guys I still know. You're still familiar with them, yeah. And like I can see that they're starting to kind of bring out their potential, okay. but, which is kind of nice for me because I'm like, oh, there's that. Like I knew you had it in you and just waiting to see it. So who are some of those guys? Do you have anybody in mind in particular? Um, there's a, well, everyone knew that Kyrus said he's a, he's a monster, yeah. but I think he's still like, there's still so much he could do. Uh-huh. Like he's already a beast and like you see huge glimpses of it. And I think this year this is going to be awesome because he's going to finally like truly show people turn all the heads, you know, everyone's okay. heads kind of turn, but now everyone's, he's going to show everyone why he is the way he is. Okay. Um, even, you know, Lopa, yeah. uh, Uriah, Uriah Leitawa. Yeah. yeah. Leitawa. He, he has a ton of potential and like, I, I saw him take a huge step this year uh-huh. for him. Um, I don't want to be biased and say my little brother, but <laughs> Hey, you got to put the pressure on him. Obviously. Oh, oh yeah. There's definitely, we definitely put some good pressure on him, but he had, I've said it before and my brother Bronson has too. Like he has the most talent out of either of us. Okay. So he pulls that out. That'll be huge. And then even on the offensive line, there's a lot of guys that are great, mm-hmm. great. And like you said, young. Yeah. So, so Brady Christensen. Uh, oh yeah. Okay, so Brady, a lot of people are projecting is going to be an NFL draft pick as an offensive tackle. They just he has, he, they see the natural ability in him. Now that you're playing left tackle in particular, the position he plays for BYU, what do you see from him in particular? I just, I still remember like going up against him and being uh-huh. like, oh, this guy, Brady can play. Uh-huh. And now that I watch it from the other side, it's, he can definitely play. And he definitely has the things you want in an offensive lineman. Okay. And so it's, 
I, I won't lie. I found myself like watching him be like, okay, I'm going to try that because, you know, Brady, he knows what he's doing. And so he's, he's already been, he's a great player. Like I'm excited to see where he goes. I think he definitely could make it the next level. I know you have familiarity with Zach Wilson, obviously. He had injuries this past season. We had th- three different quarterbacks won games from BYU this year, yeah. which is crazy. Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, and Zach mm-hmm. Wilson. When you look at these guys playing quarterback for BYU, I know you didn't play on the offensive side of the ball at BYU, but what has kind of been your perception watching these guys play and succeed all at quarterback? Uh, I, I think the thing for me when I wa- was watching each, because I've watched each of them, you know, as they... Yeah. They each had their runs, yeah. which was awesome. First of all, all, all of them are great on foot. Okay. You know, they yeah. can all like make plays on foot if they need to. But I love that they each have a different playing style yeah. and you can see it very clearly. And so as an offensive lineman, it's great. It's, it's great because you know they can all make plays, mm-hmm. but then it's going to come down to, you've got to get familiar with one. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because you're not, you don't. As I, 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 I don't mean to interject here, but I think you guys are creatures of habit as an offensive. No, lineman. yeah, absolutely. And when you have a quarterback that plays a certain way, you get used to protecting in a certain way, and all of a sudden that's up. They throw another guy in there. It's like, okay, now I got to switch how I'm playing to fit this guy. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, every play you're going to do your best to protect the quarterback or do what the play is meant to do. But guys have different tendencies. Yeah. And so getting used to them is huge. And so I give props to the BYU offensive line for, you know, being able to switch it up as, you know, guys came through. And so it'll be interesting to see this next year, what happens with, you know, that whole situation with the different quarterbacks and, you know, vying for the position. What are your expectations of the BYU football program as an alum of the program? I, I keep my expectations super high. You know, I, ever since I was a kid and I was a big BYU fan, like my expectations is you've got to win. If you're not going to win all the games, then you better win almost all the games. Okay. You know? all right. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get so, it. And, and this year, this next year, I expect them to do really well. You don't want to put a number at all. I, I don't want to put okay. a number specifically on it, but yeah. I, I expect them to do way better than last year. Not saying they didn't do great last year, yeah. but I think that they'll be able to take a bigger step this year. There you go. Corbin Kafusi, uh, more of that conversation you can hear on the Locked On Cougars podcast, but interesting to hear him talk about just his transformation, Adrian. He's packed on 60 pounds to play offensive tackle in the NFL, and as you heard him just say, he's got pretty high expectations for the BYU football program. Well, this uh, schedule next year, it's going to be, they're going to have to be real good to meet those high expectations, because that they is are. a tough, tough schedule. Yes, and I'm not necessarily convinced that they can accomplish what he's laid out for him, but they have to give it a shot. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. All right, so uh, let's talk some more about BYU football next. We can talk about the Combine as well. Spring football obviously beginning on Monday. So we'll get to all that next coming up on the Saturday show. Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, We've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Saturday Show here on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, Jake, we have another champion. We do. Uh, spring... Uh, how come I'm 
Spring what? Spring, Springville? Springville. I was thinking Springfield. It was just stuck on my head. <laughs> Springville. <laughs> Simpsons. Boys, you watch the Simpsons yeah. a lot? Springville. Uh, they win their second championship in four years. The boys team, congratulations to them. Uh, that's. I didn't realize that the girls team, who lost to Highland, mm-hmm. they were also in the title game yep. and could have been a clean sweep for the Red Devils. Yeah, they had. The mighty Red Devils of Springville. Yeah, so that was actually pretty cool because um, that Springville girls team upset previously undefeated uh, Lehigh in the semifinals right. to make the state title game. Very cool, very cool. So, yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. So Springville, your 5A boys champions. All right, Jake, uh, we were talking about spring ball. See how I totally transitioned well that. Well That's why I'm a pro. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, they uh, – well, we talked about Utah spring ball. Now uh, you want to talk a little BYU in spring ball. Yeah, so I mentioned uh, when we were talking about this how I felt like the Utah and BYU football programs in two different spots right now. And what I mean by that is we talked about the fact that Utah has to replace so much, just so much production, so much talent that graduated off this past uh, year's uh, team. And they start that now when they start spring ball on Monday. They start trying to find answers for that. Now, I look at BYU down there in Provo, they have a different conversation going on right now because this is, as I, you heard uh, Corbin Kafusi just talk about, this team, speaking of BYU, is finally growing up. They've been young for two years. They've had the majority of freshmen and sophomores contributing for them at some of the major positions all across the field. Now those guys are starting to become juniors and seniors, and... Well, you expect once you've had that seasoning, once you've played one, two, three years in college football, you should be a better football player, and you hope a better football team by extension just due to that. The question about BYU is they've had so many games that have just been inexplicable losses, it feels like. Think of the USF, the Toledo, the Hawaii this past season. They can't afford that going forward because it just it becomes um, – how do I describe it? It just becomes a stains probably too much of a too strong of a word for that. It just becomes a mark on your program because you can beat big name opponents, but you it becomes the thought of okay, yeah, well if BYU is playing a Power Five team, they'll show up. But if they play a G Five team, they ain't going to show up for right. this game. And that you can't have that. No, and uh, like you say, if if they are getting older, and we equate that to being a better football team, which isn't always the case, but it yeah. helps to get more experience. Mm-hmm. They're going to need it because this. I fear this could be a season where they may look like they're a better team and it's just they get beat oh, yeah, all absolutely. the time. They could. There's no doubt about that. Because, frankly, I mean, I and we this happens every year. It's like, how many games do they win of the front four? <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. I usually say, like, one and three because I always expect them to win at least one of them. You know, this year – I. Maybe that game's Michigan State because they were pretty bad last year and it's at home. Yeah. But, I mean, you're starting Utah, Michigan State, at Arizona State, at Minnesota. I mean, you're staring down the barrel of something very difficult. Well, and this. And then you got yeah. Utah State, who, yeah. you know, they're going to be rebuilding. I, you beat them last year. Then you got mm-hmm. Missouri. Then you got Houston. Your first, really, your first break of the year, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. comes October 24th, game. Eight. What is that? Game eight. Mm hmm. At NIU at Northern Illinois, so BYU they've got a it's a tough thing this year, and they this is the hardest schedule I can remember them having, and they need to play well. Yeah, they do. Or it's gonna look bad. Even if they look better, fans want results in the win and loss column. 
because there's no way you're going to sell to a fan if you're one in six. Oh, but we're playing better. That's just not going to happen. Now I don't know what. Yeah, I'm not going to predict anything till the fall. But still, that's a, this is a tough, tough schedule. But so I'm going to echo something that I've heard PK talk about, and I kind of think this is funny because you're right. Every year we look at the first four games for BYU that are by and large anymore are Power Five opponents, and immediately the conversation is, man, they're going to be zero and four. They're going to be one and three yeah, coming yeah. out of that. Well, PK's pointed out that they normally usually pick up a win or two that you don't think they're yeah. going to pick up. Sure. They, they've proven that ability. They went two and two in the first month this past year. But too bad past the first four, there's another what? one. I was going to say. Two P5 programs past the first four. The, then you've got yes. a rival and Houston. Yeah. Boise State, another rival. And San Diego State, a team you haven't beat the or you di- can't beat the, last year. The difference this year is exactly what you just said, Adrian. You move past that first month of the season where normally it's that gauntlet for BYU. This year, though, there's no breathing room. There's two gimmies on the schedule. Which ones are you counting? NIU, NIU and, and Northern, Northern Alabama. Alabama. Okay, so both the Northern schools. I, I, I get that. I would actually put Houston maybe in that conversation. I think they're very much going to be rebuilding down there with the Cougars. Uh, sure, but that's a it is a notable yes, P5, still, or notable G5 program. Correct. Yep. And so this year, the difference in the schedule this year, Adrian, is you, exactly what you're pointing out. There's no breathing room for this BYU football program. So they have to... Yeah, in theory, that experience that is coming up, it's got to shine through in a big way this season because they can't have a three-game lull and expect to recover from it this year because it just keeps coming at you. There's no, yeah, there's no stretch where you're like, man, you know what? They could falter in one game and bounce back. That's not happening this year. And you're, it's your point. Um, Houston only won four games last year. And they lost their quarterback, Derek King, who was expected to be a big part of this offense going forward. He went transferred to Miami as a graduate transfer. So. Yeah, if anyone believed when he said, I'm sitting out the year, <laughs> but also coming back, if you believed he was coming back. I've got some land in yeah, exactly. um, Alaska, like the, some beachfront property. Right, yes, exactly. Yeah. But uh, So, fine. By week seven, you get some breathing room where you go back-to-back with still, Houston. still, though, and, yeah. you can't – but you're right, Adrian. You cannot have the letdown game this year. Right. Because if you have a letdown game, it could snowball on you, and you could lose three and four games before you're able to recover from that falter. Well, and I, and I think that this year, the there's going to be some proving going on. There like, is because they are going to have to work to get to a bowl game. Okay, and the, like that yeah. that that yeah. is going to take work. I'm not saying they can. I'm not saying they can't win eight games. Yes, but I'm saying it is going to be tough for them to get to a bowl game. Just it, just based on the schedule. Yeah. Now I think they will because they generally do. Mm-hmm. But I, this is a tough schedule. There's no denying it. It's going to take some work. So they're going to be proving by yeah. the players and proving by the coaching staff that they can get a team to a bowl game. And the bigger conversation now, Adrian, becomes there's been a lot of heat on Kalani Sitake. There were a lot of BYU fans who were upset when he got his extension when he did this past season, the contract extension. Kind of a weird timing. But guess what? But he deserved it, I think. Yeah, I, th- I, I, I that's not the topic. I, I think I would agree with you that I think he deserved it. But now, Adrian, these are Kalani's guys. There is yep. no more. This is a holdover from Bronco Mendenhall. We are going into year five of Kalani Satake's tenure. His recruiting efforts, these are his guys, guys who have gone on missions. They're yep. all coming back now. It is now put up or shut up time for BYU football under Kalani Satake. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to pack pressure onto him, but he 
he has to go out and prove it now. He yeah. has to prove I've grown up as a coach. I can't. I'm not going to have those mid-game boneheaded decisions that have seemed to cost him games. That Hawaii game. That third and two call is going to stick with BYU fans if they struggled this year because they're going to look back at that and say that is evidence of coaching mismanagement under Kalani Satake. Right, and you know I, I believe he can, mm-hmm. and uh, we all like everyone loves Kalani. He's they such do. a great guy and he's such a great dude. But you know sometimes you got to eventually you got to like you say put the program into where into what you believe it will be and you have to go out there and get your team to play that way win games it's it's simple and unfortunately sports is like the most cutthroat thing out there it you is. gotta win no matter how likable you are yeah i mean how many likable offensive coordinators have been up on the hill a number a them, number yes. and yeah. you know we, we went through nine since i've been in the business like mm-hmm. eventually you gotta win you gotta prove it that you can win and i i hope he does he just got the extension and i hope he continues to grow this program this is going to be this year's you know if you have success you win eight games on this schedule you are proving that you belong there and that's the thing this type of a schedule adrian if you go out and yeah put up an eight win season people are going to look at that and say okay they figured it out and you know and part of it too you're getting a couple programs that have been down Yes. So that helps, and hopefully, and Michigan State, hopefully they don't turn things around quickly as Mel Tucker comes back to the state of Utah. And well, you wouldn't expect that, yeah. Right. Brand new coach, Missouri. They're always fluctuating, but well, S- they have a new coach as well. Elijah Drinkwitz yep. is taking over there. But you know, SEC school, you always get that. Correct. And Stanford. There's com- a reason the SEC is yeah. the best conference because yeah. their schools generally are the best. And, and Stanford, Stanford, yeah, they're coming off a down season for them. Right. So you're you're catching in theory some P5 schools on a downstroke, and you or hope at least on a turn a downturn yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you hope that yeah you can capitalize on that to a degree but also you look conversely minnesota a top 15 ranked team your golden gophers are uh, hopefully very, very, i'll be at that game you should be you yeah. should. i'm just telling you right now go uh, anyways okay. arizona state i think they're gonna be a better team this year i think they're gonna they've jaden daniels there's no no wonder utah wanted this kid what he showed is as a quarterback at arizona state last year I completely get why the University of Utah wanted to sign this young man. I wonder if he would have honestly started. <laughs> There's a conversation to be had there. What do you think, Brian? No comment. Okay, well, <laughs> no comment. Yeah, I, I think it was pretty obvious, you know, in the way that he played this year. If you, Especially if you look at the fact that Arizona State had two true, true freshmen starting mm-hmm. up front from on the they offensive line. They had a 17-year-old on the offensive at line. At left tackle, no less. 17 yeah. years old. Yeah, he's still paying for therapy from Bradley. <laughs> yes, High, he is, so. yes. Yeah, we'll leave that part. There are a couple offensive linemen that are paying for Yeah. But it, it, the, the thing about BYU this year is that you got to go out. It's time. It's just time to. There's no more excuses. I guess is the easiest way to say it. It's time for Kalani Satake to start delivering on what he has been looking to do. And I, I'm predicting another weird season. Like, well, I I think you're going to come out of the 2020 season of BYU being like that was again odd. Well, because I can. Just because of the past, yeah. I'm betting they beat someone they didn't. No one expected them to beat. Could be a Minnesota on the road because that would be considered a big win now. Could they snap the streak at Utah? Right. Yeah. 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 One of those. You know, they they scheduled some of these teams when they were down. Correct. Obviously, yeah. you know, you can't you can't account for a row in the boat into Minneapolis and <laughs> turning that thing into a powerhouse. Yeah. You know, or yeah. Missouri probably was. I don't know when that was scheduled. They've been down for a long time. So I'm with you, man. They this is. I think this is going to be an up and down year again. 
I think we're going to be surprised at some wins or we're going to be real surprised at some losses. And I have a hard time disagreeing with you on that because you just look at it and this schedule, it just sets up for that wildness. Because it's very rare that BYU gets Power 5 teams in both October and November on their schedules. At least at proven, home. At proven so far in independence. It's normally yeah. that first month is when you see all those teams. I mean, for all the complaints of the home schedule the last few years, which has been horrible past the start of the year, yeah. this is a great home. Like, this is a... Your season tickets are worth it it's kind a, of home schedule. It's a schedule. payoff year, yeah. Yeah, but this doesn't happen very often. Yeah, last year they got it a little bit because you, you had Utah, USC, and Washington yeah. along with Boise State, so that made it pretty good. This year, again, that home slate's pretty good. But like you said, Adrian, this could be a very top topsy-turvy type of game where you're just going up and down riding yeah. that roller coaster once again. For sure. All right, coming up on the other side, uh, we'll wrap things up here on the Saturday show and make way for the rest of the night on the Zone Sports Network. That's all coming up here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, we've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is The Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Wrapping things up here yet again. Getting through a uh, theological discussion the in the off, break. The off-air conversations are always better than the on-air yeah, ones. Yes. Someday we'll get the uh, the cameras set up and live stream. Be really careful stuff. at that. No, point. no. I will not be in the room if there's a live stream of the break. That yeah, would not be good. No. We just have the combine out of pin here, though. Yeah. Some guys throwing some good times. This is there. your favorite day, defensive lineman day. I know I you love, two as old trench yeah. players yourselves. Both of you love this day. Well, it's, it's just fun to see guys living out their dreams. That's the biggest thing for me. Is I see these guys who have spent year after year after year putting every ounce of ability into their college careers, and now they go out there and they're expected to run fast, jump higher, and bench press as much as they possibly can. And it's like a it's a three day cattle call I feel like yeah. and it's, but it's fun to see at the same time see these guys get their opportunity to show what they can do to NFL scouts Lucas Oil looks like a cool place to go see a game It, w- I think it would be cool to go see yeah it's just it's a big old stadium how many sure. NFL stadiums have you been to uh, tr- true story Adrian I know you snuck into the Arrowhead or something I have not stuck into Arrowhead. I've actually never stepped foot in an NFL stadium. Someone told me they snuck into an NFL stadium. I thought it was you. And it wasn't me. You've never been in one? I've never been to an NFL game in my life. Uh, I haven't been in a very long time, probably 20 years. My wife has talked all the time about like sending me out to a Niners game at some point. Just... Oh, that's so. My goal this year is to go play or go watch BYU play Minnesota, uh-huh. and I'm really hoping there's a home game for the Vikings the next day, yeah. so I can kind of do a doubleheader and just spend all my cash. But hey. I think it would be exciting and yeah. kind of be a once in a lifetime trip. Cover the team, cover BYU, and then watch the Vikings play the next day, and then yeah. like fly home on that'd Sunday. Be, I think that'd be, cool. I think it'd be awesome. So that's th- that's a good weekend right there. Yeah. That would be like the best weekend. Yeah, and I could probably find cheap housing with some relative somewhere. <laughs> Hi, hasn't seen cousin. Me, hasn't seen me in a long time, but I need a couch. So, 
cousin, can you know, you know, let me crash on your couch? Yeah. Have you ever have you been in any NFL games, Brian? Ooh, uh, not in a long time. The last time I went and saw an NFL game was a 49ers game at Candlestick. So you've been to Candlestick? That's what. That's the one state. That's one of the few stadiums I regret not ever going to a game at. Uh, it's iconic in the sense that like so much cool stuff happened there. But, but it is. It was really old. You look at some of those older 80s style stadiums. Like if you've ever been to uh, what is it, San Diego County Credit Union yeah. Stadium? Now, just take that. Make good it- old, good old Jack Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. Although I did get to go to the Pac-12 championship game this year, and Levi's was cool. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I know a couple of people who were there, too. They said it was really cool. I plan on getting there at some point. It was one of them me. Uh, Yes, you were one of them. Yeah, sweet. Also, my friend went out with – he's a Utah fan. He went out with some Oregon fans. Okay. Obviously, he had less fun than they did Yeah. at that. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely, with how that game went went down. And then there's people in this world. Remember that guy who went to every single NBA stadium arena in 30 days and got yes. on the jumbotron and all yeah. 30? I'm like, how do you have time? It's some. Do you just ask for a workout for a month so you could get insta famous? It's some major planning on your part to do major that. planning, and yeah. you just like quit. Do you just quit your job and just say I'm doing this? Jimmy I'm, Goldstein. Yeah, it's true. Where he just shows up on the front row of every NFL. Oh yeah, he was here or, he, or NBA. Yeah, he either, was here last year. Either you're independently wealthy and you have the ability to just pay whatever it takes, or yes, you're saving every shekel you can save and all of a sudden spending it all on one go. Do you think if I went to Scotty and Lloyd and said, <laughs> um, "I am going to be gone for 30 days to go to every NBA arena," um, you can either fire me or let me do this? What do you think they'd say? Have a good day, son. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, and with that, we'll wrap up the show. Maybe I'll ask him on Monday. <laughs> you should. I want to hear how it goes for you. No, Scotty did say he'd hook me up with a credential to that BYU game if I did go. So, All right. There you go. Sweet. That's why you work in this biz. Yeah. You have good bosses like Scotty and Lloyd. That's the best part of it. Yep. All right. That'll do it for us today. Speaking of uh, Scott Gerard, as he will be on the call tonight mm-hmm. as uh, Utah State plays uh, in Mexico against New Mexico. They're at the pit. Six thousand feet above sea level, you are now entering the pit. And Utah State players are like, "Okay, welcome to Dream Style yeah, Arena." Yeah, exactly. All right, that's going to do it for us, for Brian and for Jake. I'm Adrian. We'll see you next Saturday here on the Saturday Show. And uh, don't forget to tune in all week long here on the Zone Sports Network from six a.m. to seven p.m. We've got all the shows to keep you covered as the Jazz go into another week. That's going to do it for us here on the Saturday Show.